0: Hi, it's Andriana, and I'm so happy that you tuned in for this conversation. I have lots of notes, so I got so much from it, but have you ever noticed that you feel differently physically and emotionally at different parts during the month, right? So for example, you might feel full of energy and super optimistic at one point, and then other weeks you might feel more lethargic, maybe lower, your energies are lower, maybe your moods are a little bit different and my guest today is here to help us better understand how our menstrual cycle comes into play how we can care for ourselves and learn to live more cyclically to optimize our own well-being especially after having children so regardless of, of how old you are where you fall within this this spectrum if you're menstruating you're going to want to listen to this conversation with dr danielle watson she is the creator behind the mother doctor platforms where moms can learn to understand their hormonal health after babies and be affirmed that being a mom isn't a diagnosis dr watson is also the creator of the mom reset where moms go from depleted hormonal and overwhelmed to energized and balanced dr watson is a natural path doctor who has worked with hundreds of mothers from preconception to perimenopause in her private practice in person and virtually. She's a keynote speaker, educator, and activist for improving perinatal health. Dr. Danielle understands the phases of the menstrual cycle, how we can live cyclically, and she has tons of tips and helpful information for us to optimize our hormones, our nutrient status, and the energy levels, especially after we have kids. So knowing what we can expect during each of these phases will help us to prepare ahead of time so that we can start to implement some self-care practices, some ways to nourish our bodies to move differently and help us feel our very best, no matter what phase of our cycle we are experiencing. So if this sounds good to you, it sounds really good to me. Trust me, you're going to want to listen. Let's dive right in. Hey, I'm Andriana Gonko, and this is the Juggle is Real podcast. As I share my ongoing journey from experiencing burnout to leading a more mindful and intentional life with better balance, I hope you feel seen, that you realize your worth, lighten your load, and prioritize your own needs. As we hear from leading experts and well-known faces in new wellness, entrepreneurship, education, and motherhood space. I hope you gain insights, proven practices, and learn actionable tools to help you enjoy the juggle of work, family, and everything in between with a little less stress and a lot more ease, joy, and fun. Most of all, I hope you find what you need to simplify, streamline, and supercharge your own journey of better balance and self-love. Are you with me? Let's get started. Before we get into today's episode, I have such an exciting announcement to share with you, and that is that the Juggle is Real Authentic Self-Care Planner and Activity Book for Busy Women is now available on Amazon. That's right, my friend. If you have been here for a while, you know that it is time to put yourself at the top of the list, and this Authentic Self-Care Planner and Activity Guide is here for you to be there for you, to provide you with that accountability tool that you need to put yourself first. Because let's be honest, the truth is that there is no such thing as balance for busy women until we make one critical shift. And that shift will make you a better mom, spouse, colleague, leader, and friend. It's going to improve your health and increase your happiness, and it will make you more efficient, reduce stress levels, and help you serve those around you in your best light. This shift, my friend, is putting you first and making yourself your number one priority in short and simple ways. Just like this podcast, the Juggle is Real authentic self-care planner and activity book for busy women incorporates short, small and simple shifts to help you put yourself first and prioritize your own needs. This is a three-month self-care planner and activity book based around five pillars to guide you through the process of looking at authentic self-care practices As a necessary part of your life, to take small steps forward and to focus on your own well being to achieve small goals daily. It includes habit forming commitment prompts and breaks down your self care priorities into monthly and daily planning. You can embrace learnings, celebrate your wins, and recalibrate to live life with less stress and more ease, joy, and time for you. You can find this on Amazon. And I've also included a link in the notes for this podcast episode. So be sure to pick up the juggle is real authentic self-care planner and activity book for busy women for yourself and for all the busy women around you who could use that dose of comfort, support, and accountability. Now let's get back to the show. Dr. Danielle, welcome to The Juggle Israel. I'm so thrilled to have you on the show today. We have so much to talk about when it comes to understanding the phases of our mental cycles, how to live cyclically, and so many different things all in between. I'm so, so excited to have you here today.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: Now, I know we know about you more from a clinical perspective and your areas of expertise and how you are serving and helping so many women and moms, but can you start by just telling us about yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm a mom myself as well. Um, I have two little ones, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, so when I work with my patients, it's very much like I, I get what people are going through because I'm I'm in it myself in the in the deep parts of parenthood um I, I co-own my clinic with my husband um so we're both in the health space and really enjoy working together um in our time where we're not working we are probably hiking we uh, moved up to northern Ontario recently because we wanted to be closer to where all the outdoors are um and so we'd enjoy doing anything um any, any outdoor activities. That's kind of like my main things to do. Um, but yeah,
0: that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. Yay for Northern Ontario. Yeah. I, I love it up here as well, but I'm born and bred. Mm. And so a few times that I've escaped and gone elsewhere, it always brought me back. So <laughs> yeah. I'm totally on the same path as you for the outdoor stuff. Now, when it comes to, you know, you're a uh, mother yourself, and we've had a few conversations kind of just talking about, you know, different things and 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 how to best support moms. And in our conversations, you've noted that you find for moms, it can be helpful to relate self-care to the phases of our menstrual cycle and what our hormones need on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And that goes along with our daily habits and, and our hormones, and, and that can happen on a day-to-day basis. So Before we get into, because I want to actually talk about each phase of the menstrual cycle and how we can best understand and care for ourselves during our cycle. Can you explain why it's a good idea to just be aware in general? Because I always find that the first step is the awareness, and then it allows us to then move into what we need to best support us. So why do we need to know about these phases for our overall well-being?
1: Definitely. So it's kind of like you hit the nail on the head as as women, we have both our daily clock. So our circadian rhythm, what wakes us up in the morning and puts us to bed at night. But we also have like a monthly calendar, which is our our, our menstrual cycle. That's how our hormones kind of flow over the course of the month. Um, so in good health. in in a day-to-day basis, we should feel our most energized, our most motivated first thing in the morning, about half hour after waking, our energy should peak and then kind of slowly start to fall so that as darkness comes out, our melatonin starts to rise and we feel sleepy by bedtime. I, I suggest starting with that because uh, we all know our day-to-day rhythms. We know that we kind of wake up, we might feel energized, and then we feel sleepy by 8 p.m. and ready for bed. Um, but over the course of the month, a lot of women haven't had the chance to or the awareness to tune into those same or similar cycles um, with their alongside their menstrual cycles, so in tuning into how we feel, where those kind of strengths and those weaknesses of those different phases, based on which hormones are are active, um, it helps us kind of go with the the flow um, at mm-hmm. that time of the month and for what our bodies need. Uh, so it kind P- of it pun, kind intended. pun intended. Pun <laughs> intended.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um, and I am not an expert and that's why I'm so grateful you're here, mm-hmm. but from my understanding, uh, a menstruating female, the cycle has four phases, yes. right? So we've got the follicular, the ovulatory luteal and menstrual cycle mm-hmm. uh, phase. And then during each of these phases, your hormone levels are different and yes. that can affect how you're feeling both physically. Like you were talking about your energy levels. It can mm-hmm. affect how you're feeling emotionally and you go over some of the basics, maybe some of the terminology if I'm not pronouncing things properly, and then we can talk about each phase.
1: Definitely. No, you've, you've got it 100%. Um, so technically on um, the way we define it within, I guess, within science exclusively, it's actually just considered to be the, the follicle, follicular phase and the luteal phase. That's really how they divide it. Um, but we as women, I think we have as a society kind of decided that really there are four distinct phases. We know, you know how your body feels. It feels different when you're ovulating um, in that it's kind of a middle zone. Um, And menstrual, the the way you feel while you're actively bleeding, it's not the same as you feel in that later follicular time. So we as women have kind of promoted this idea of the four phases, but from the science perspective, they really talk about it as just follicular and just luteal. But I think based on how we feel, we feel so different that we need have different needs in those si- those times. So we we've, we've broken it down um, into the four side- stages, if that makes sense. Um, so I think a lot of women. The confusion starts, I find, um, from years and years of many of us being on um, the birth control pill. So you think about your birth control pill pack, um, you'd start it um, and it would be day one um, of taking your pills would be the day you stop bleeding. And then you would start bleeding on day 21 and then bleed and you'd take your pill pack until day 28 and then you'd start a new pack. But our menstrual cycle, when it's not, um, when we don't need our medication, it actually day one is the first day we bleed. So that confuses a lot of women because they've gotten so used to day 21-ish being the start of their bleed. But day one is the start of your bleed. And at that point, your hormones are at their lowest. All of the hormones are. Um, And so the initial part of your bleeding, you're releasing that endometrial lining. So that lining of the uterus that was growing in the previous cycle, um, and when no uh, when no pregnancy has occurred, we're ready to shed it. So that um, the bleeding can last anywhere from three to seven days, and that's completely normal. Um, what you should feel is you should feel a little bit more tired, a little bit more withdrawn. Um, You may have um, some mild cramping, it should be um, less than say a three out of 10. Um, And you should bleed somewhere between about 20 milliliters and 100 milliliters of blood loss. So nothing that's excessive or needing you to make regular trips to the bathroom to take care of. And you shouldn't need to double up on menstrual products. I say should, because there's a lot of women who do, but something something further is going on there. So that menstrual phase lasts, say, till about day seven. For some women, it's a little bit shorter. Other women, it's a little bit longer. And then we enter that follicular phase. And the follicular okay. phase, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, okay, so the menstrual phase is what we start with day one mm-hmm. is when we start to bleed. This is great. Our energy levels might be a little bit lower. Our hormones are at their lowest, the levels of our hormone hormones. So during this phase, mm-hmm. what are some good tips or some reminders? I think a lot of us, because we're used to living in a society where we've been trained to just go, go, go mm-hmm. hustle harder, um, or, you know, we're, you know, living in a society that is, has been largely run by males for, for a very mm-hmm. long time. So, you know, there's the, the, there's a lot of differences between, you know, the male hormones, the female hormones and our cycles. So mm-hmm. during this menstrual phase, we can give ourselves some grace. Maybe are there certain foods that might be more beneficial or are there certain practices that, you know, maybe it's a good idea to, I don't know, go and take a jog or maybe it's better (laughs) to do some stretching. Like what are some things that might help us and, and help us care for ourselves during this phase? Definitely. So I like to think of the menstrual cycle, like
1: our, as an inner season, it's kind of like our winter. So kind of how we're all feeling right now where we naturally want more rest. Um, you want to put on those cozy clothes as part of your self-care. You want to snuggle up with like a book and a cup of tea. That's how you feel during your menstrual cycle. Um, so your strength is kind of that that introversion that we start to get. Um, but at the same time, you do need more rest. Um, there might also be some more nutrient loss because you're quite literally bleeding out a whole lining. So you need more, more relaxation time. Um, so some self-care stuff is, um, what I often feel like is because we're more tired, we're less motivated. um, The self-care should actually start during um, the follicular phase where you're feeling a bit more energized. So what I often suggest with the women I work with is that during that phase where you do feel more energized and more able to complete your to-do list, do something that takes off something off of your to-do list during the menstrual phase. So for a lot of women, it's doing some additional meal prep. So say they, they make a soup, and they store it for during the menstrual phase that way they're they know they're going to feel more tired but they've accounted for it in their self-care a few weeks prior um it could be something like um taking some time off social media um taking some time off your social life um taking something off of your work plate like not planning you know a podcast like this because you're going to feel less on um and trying to be in that phase instead tuning into where this phase has strengths so you're being more reflective maybe it's a good time to journal or to commit to your meditation practice or something like that um you meant Yeah, you mentioned about nutrition. And this is a good time for uh, warm and soft and easy to digest foods like stews, um, or soups or bone broth, um, and foods high in iron, because you're losing a lot of blood. So red meat and beans, um, kale, spinach, those sorts of things that are iron rich, that will really, really nourish you and support you during this phase of your cycle.
0: What's really interesting. And I'll, this is an example that is not going to be applicable in, in most of our lives, but I do know someone who runs a coaching practice for women mm-hmm. only, and she will take the entire week off that, that she's menstruating. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that, you know, it's it's maybe not something that we can all do or that, we, that we even want to do, but mm-hmm. the fact that she is outwardly showing women that this is a time that she needs to rest. And so she is she is working her schedule around that so that she does have that reflective period where she can rest and she can look inward and she kind of can have that, that hibernation sort of stage. And so giving ourselves a lot of love and grace and understanding that, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a reason why we might be feeling more tired and not being hard on ourselves. I think this Mm -hmm. is really, really good to understand that this is, this is completely normal. And this is just Mm -hmm. based on, on our cycle. Okay. So we've got our, our, Menstrual phase of our cycle, approximately day one to seven, in and around that time. Mm What happens next, Dr. Danielle? Yeah.
1: So you enter your follicular phase, and this is where your hormones, um, estrogen, LH, and FSH start to rise. They are starting to um, mature the eggs. We're all born with all of the eggs that we'll have over the course of our lifetime, Um, but the eggs start to mature, and that's in response to the LH and the estrogen. So this is a phase where you might begin to feel more energized, some women have an overlap of the follicular phase kind of towards the end of their 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 period, they start to feel that energy starting to come on. Um, I often think of this. Um, so we've just gone from our winter. Now we're entering our spring. Um, so think about how the world feels during the spring. You're kind of you're, your your energy is initially low, but you're kind of starting to to rise um, steadily throughout this phase. Um, so you're having increases in levels of estrogen and a dose of testosterone that's going to feel you energized, confident extroverted. Um, You're primed, you're ready to try new things, your pain tolerance actually goes up, and you're more focused. So your to do list is just that much easier so in terms of like what you need during that phase this is a good time um if you're looking at your calendar this is a good time to have like outings with your friends um it's a good time to try something new like maybe you've been wanting to go to a new yoga class this is a time where you'll feel your best trying something that's a new experience um and it might be a good time to try to chip away at your personal to-do list you might be more capable of actually getting through it this time of the month um and you'll feel more creative more able to solve problems Um, so it's a good time to kind of brainstorm and work through things Um, like you said not all of us have like good control over our our monthly calendar Um, but there's different ways that like okay if we're looking at the month and what we need to get done this is the time for the creative outgoing kind of things whereas your mental phase might be time for more like book work administrative tasks that sort of thing so where you do have control over your your calendar, you can kind of plug things in to where you'll be the most successful.
0: Okay. So we're sort of having this reawakening, if Mm -hmm. you, so to speak, we're feeling rejuvenated. We have uh, a little dose of this spring feeling. Mm -hmm. And so this is a really great time to, I would think, you know, if I'm thinking of seasons and spring, I'm thinking maybe more raw vegetables or fruits or that type of thing in terms of food. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you say for that?
1: Yeah, you're in right on the money again. Um, so we're kind of looking to continue to build on our iron. We're also looking to get support from things like iodine. So iodine is found in a lot of uh, sea vegetables. And then we're looking for adequate fiber um, to support the metabolism of estrogen so estrogen which is our female hormone it's our sexy hormone we feel good when we have it but we also want to ensure that we eliminate and the predominant way we eliminate it is through our digestion through our bowel movements so having foods that are rich in fiber things like cruciferous vegetables so broccoli cauliflower brussels sprouts those sorts of foods um, and then foods that are fermented so um, a good quality yogurt or caffeine or sauerkraut or something like that is also good to have on the menu. Um, yeah, so kind of eating more so in line, kind of with what comes up during the springtime, is perfect for your body in this phase.
0: Beautiful. So it sounds to me like if there's any time where we might want to add that hustle, this might mm-hmm. be a good time of the month yes. to 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 get work working and uh, just be creative and and try new things. What happens, I guess, after spring comes summer and yes. what, what phase does that bring us to?
1: So that brings us into ovulation, which is going to be your shortest, um, phase of the cycle. It really it lasts only in like a few days. Um, and this is where, um, a, as a woman, I'll people will experience some ovulatory signs. Um, So your hormones um, begin to peak, your estrogen and your LH and your FSH peak at this point. Um, And you may notice signs like your your cervix actually moves. It moves further away from the entrance of your vagina. It also softens. um, And you may also notice a change to um, your cervical uh, fluids. So your discharge might be more looking like a raw, egg white. And that's a sign that you're fertile. Um, Some women notice light spotting during this time, some women notice um, some mild ovulatory cramps, but not everybody does and both are normal. Um, So with this summer stage, you're probably feeling your best. You are definitely feeling your most outgoing. Um, You're ready to social, socialize. You are feeling um, your libido is likely the highest. Um, It could be a time for the harder work, the hard things like the big presentations. You know, you're making a presentation at work. Um, If you're able to align it when you ovulate, you're probably going to nail that presentation, that sort of thing, Um, which is, which is sweet. Um, I know for yourself, like you do a lot of uh, speaking, you're on TV, those kinds of things. When you do it, when you're ovulating, you're probably going to just perform at your absolute best.
0: I wonder how um, producers would feel if I said,
1: this
0: me yeah. Just me, <laughs> to I see what to do I'm ovulating next. Yeah. <laughs> but it this is good to know because yeah. when we have the opportunity, then, then when we can plan things mm. around it, then this is good to know that, you know, maybe our energy will be best at this time and we can mm. do those things. We can do hard things like Glennon Doyle says, maybe we can do them most successfully while we're ovulating. So this is really cool.
1: We think we built our workday off of men's hormone cycle. Um, Their testosterone and their cortisol peaks first thing in the morning, about half hour after waking. That's why they wake up um, the most energized. That's actually why men also uh, wake with a morning erection, their testosterone is the highest. So they're feeling their most energized and motivated. And you think about it, the workday is set up like that. They go to work, they crush through their work, they have their big meetings. And then by about noon, that's when they often have like the boardroom kind of meetings. And then at four or five o'clock, that's when happy hour stop, starts. They actually feel they're most sociable based on their hormone cycle. Then that's when happy hour starts. And then about 7 p.m., they're starting to feel a little sleepy. So they head home, they rest, they watch TV on the couch and they go to bed. So as much as it seems like silly to plan our work cycle around when we're ovulating and when we're menstruating, it's, it's already been primed for the male hormone cycle we just don't mm. it's, it's intuitive now um but where you can like there's nothing worse than finding out um that you're hoping a big event or you're making a presentation and you're on your period and you just don't feel like it so where you can have control if it's like the option is the first of the month or the 15th of the month pick the 15th of the month you're going to be your most successful and so where you can plan around it it helps and don't feel bad because men are already doing it it's just that it's worked into our society Um, That's right. Okay. (laughs) Yes.
0: This is great. This is giving us the permission we might need to base things around what's best for us. Mm -hmm. And especially as moms, we are always taking care of the needs of everyone around us. We are worried about nap schedules and sleep schedules and who needs a snack and who has a sports game and who's extracurriculars at what time. This is great to know so that we can do some planning around what's best for us. So we have- our summer, our ovulation stage, the Mm -hmm. shortest stage, but maybe can be the most impactful. Mm -hmm. Um, Any sort of suggestions nutrient wise or how we can nourish Mm -hmm. ourselves uh, during this phase. So similar still to the
1: late follicular phase, you want to prioritize those cruciferous veggies. So lots of broccoli, cabbage, Brussels sprouts. They're really the stinky vegetables. Those are the ones that work for you during this time. Um, fresh fruits like bell peppers, tomatoes, berries, leafy greens, they're going to be the most important ones for as your hormones are peaking. Um, this is also a time where like exercise wise, you might feel you're most ready for a hit workout class. You might want to go to like an F45 or an orange theory or something like that, you're going to be able to give it your all and get the most from that exercise during this time.
0: That's great too, because, you know, so- when sometimes we're hard on ourselves when mm-hmm. when we, we're not up to going to that spin class or doing the CrossFit mm-hmm. or running that marathon, you know? And so this is great to know that we can change how we move. We can change how we nourish our bodies based on these things, because we're not necessarily going to, get the same benefits as if, you know, during different parts of the month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So after this short phase, we are now in our final phase of our menstrual cycle. Tell us about that. So your
1: luteal phase, I often think, Of course, we're on fall now. So it's kind of that kind of starting to feel a little bit more tired as this phase goes on, you might start to withdraw, start to feel more winter. So this phase occurs after the egg has been released from your ovary. It's not fertilized. You are not having a baby that month. Um, and your body's starting to prepare for menstruation. So during this time, your estrogen levels remain high, but not as high as they were during the follicular phase. They have another peak, but not as significant. It's progesterone's time to shine. So progesterone, um, it's made predominantly by the body after we ovulate. When we ovulate and release an egg, it literally grows what looks like an egg white around it called your corpus luteum. And that's what releases most of our progesterone. So if we don't ovulate, we don't get that same level of progesterone. Um, Progesterone is a anti-anxiety hormone. It's a calming hormone. It's in good health. It's a really calm gentle phase of our lives. Um, That said, we can start to notice some PMS during this phase um, and uh, some symptoms that come on. Um, What I often think is that this luteal phase is like a big magnifying glass. So say during your follicular phase, something your partner was doing was really aggravating you. It gets on your nerves, but you don't really wanna deal with it. So you push it to the side. But during your luteal phase, he does it again, and it's like a magnifying glass. So your your reaction is that much more. You're you're less able to have the filter. You're kind of like, I need, mm-hmm. I'm going to say something about it. It's probably not going to come out right. And the thing with this is during this phase. We have a lot of strengths, but one of our weaknesses is our communication. We are not as good at communicating as we were earlier in the cycle where we were more on point. So some of the time it's a reflection of what you've been dealing with in the last month. If you've been layering things on top of your shoulders and you're not actually able to handle it, it will show itself in your luteal phase. It's really magnifies all of our our struggles Um and it's a good time to kind of be like okay what pms came up for me what did i have more irritability around do i need to make changes and set boundaries such that next month i'm not angry at the same things again
0: wow this might be the most important takeaway for me mm-hmm. uh- just because I feel like this, this can be so true. And I'm, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to think in my own life how, yes, th- sometimes these things really get amplified and, yeah. and it's like, why did it, why did it not bother me a couple weeks yeah. ago that, you know, my husband didn't take out the, I don't know, recycling bin. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden this morning, it's like the end of the world or, you yes. know, those, those socks left on the floor is like, now you're grounded <laughs> because you mm-hmm. left your socks yeah. on the floor. This is good to know and also be aware of for ourselves because it then can help us to look inward to see, like you're saying, where where we need to remove things off our plate, where we might need to make some changes or get additional supports, or when we are in those phases that our communication is stronger and better and we're feeling better, we can have the conversation of, you know what, like when this happens, it really bothers me. And I know that maybe I overreacted a yeah. couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yep. But now I want to make things better so that this doesn't happen again in a couple of weeks from now. So how can we go about, you know, communicating this, making changes, mm-hmm. doing the things that need to be done? So maybe that, like you're saying, this magnifying glass isn't picking up mm-hmm. as much during this phase. Any yes. other tips during, during this fall season, during our cycle? Yeah,
1: definitely. So, um, we when our progesterone is released it actually slightly increases our temperature that's why when women are trying to conceive and they're tracking their basal body temperature they notice that minor degree change that cues them into the fact that they've ovulated and they're waiting on a pregnancy Um, with that slight temperature change your thyroid it's really it's your body's metabolic center it's your body's thermostat it raises the temperature a little bit and that actually raises our uh, metabolic needs so we are more hungry during this phase so a lot of women will come in to see me and they'll be like oh Danielle like I I overeat in the week before my period and it's not it's their physiology requiring that your body doesn't know whether or not it's pregnant, really. And so it's raised that temperature. It's prepping like there's a pregnancy to come. And so you might need to um, really prioritize your nutrition. You might need some more complex carbohydrates, some more B vitamins, some more magnesium. Um, and so supporting your body with those foods and honoring what it actually needs helps reduce those crazy cravings that people get. Um, so, some complex carbs, things like uh, sweet potatoes. Um, people feel like they just want, like, you know, a pastry. Or something like that but a lot of people when offered a sweet potato that's delicious they're going to eat it it's going to nourish them truly um a lot of people crave dark chocolate or chocolate during this time and that's because they need more magnesium so it can be you know we we crave it we make fun of ourselves for needing chocolate but you it's totally valid to want and need this during that time um other complex carbs things like lentils or apples or fruits you might just need more of it because your body is genuinely hungrier Um, You also might need more sleep. Um, So honoring that if your bedtime needs to go from like 11 p.m. or something like that, you might need to back it up an hour or two and your body might feel better, um, might help your PMS as well. Um, This is really the time where I feel like if we're going with what our strengths are, we want that self-care, that true like what we think of when we think of self-care. So like an Epsom salts bath or a face mask or something like that it's a nice time to honor that feeling and really like pamper yourself because you probably need
0: it. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Might make everything else not seem so annoying when you're taking more care as well. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And then like your exercise, it can vary. Either you might feel like you need low impact yoga, Pilates, walking, those sorts of exercise. Or you might find that given that a lot of people experience some irritability during this fine time you might feel like you need to go hard on something so something like a heavy weight training class you think about it you're like angry at your husband you want to go like (laughs) pump some serious iron do some squats that sort of thing boxing Um, classes yes something like that. And it it works in line with what your hormones are doing at the time. Um, But it just, it's all about tuning into what your body needs. Do I need a Pilates class today or do I need to go do a boxing class? Like it's, it's hundred percent valid on either side.
0: This is so great. Again, I feel like we're so hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. The second we, you know, for, for those who might track their diets or the their calorie intake and they're feeling so bad and they're feeling guilty because they are consuming more calories, but it's, it's okay to be doing this because our body is, is requiring that us of us. And so if we're thinking of it from the perspective of this is something that my body needs, how can I make choices that are going to nourish my body? Maybe there are additional, you know, calories that we're intaking, but it's, it's for for our own good. Right. And so not feeling bad and, um, maybe knowing that we are hungry or during this phase, Mm -hmm. we are, you know, adding to our, our breakfast or having like a Mm -hmm. larger lunch. And so after dinner, maybe we're not having those cravings or we're not reaching for the, Mm -hmm. the pastries or the chocolates or the chips or that sorts of things that's, that's going to make us not feel good after, not only from a a, a mental place, but also mm-hmm. physically. Um, if we're already in this place where we're we're sort of gearing down, we're in that fall mode and mm-hmm. we're just trying to get in towards that cozy phase. So a real, a real theme that I'm seeing here is just really tuning in and listening to listening to our bodies and and having that compassion for ourselves, knowing that things are are changing and yes. and it's okay. So 100%. now that we kind of have that understanding of what these phases are, what's going on in our bodies, what some of those needs are. I mean, I guess there's, there's so much to, to all of it. And so for, for those of us who are like, okay, this is great. And I want to do everything, but it's a little bit overwhelming. How can we start to take action and learn to, you know, gradually and one step at a time, live more cyclically in our day-to-day lives? 100%.
1: I think first it can come down to tuning into your menstrual cycle, knowing what your normal is. Um, So it can be downloading, first up could be downloading one of those period tracking apps, um, I like Kindara, I like Flow. all those kinds of ones can be great. Um, and starting to see what your normal is, maybe you do get ovulatory cramps and you didn't notice it until you started to track it. Um, and so, so see what see what your cycle is, see that you can tune into those different phases. You can start simple with just knowing I'm in my luteal phase, I'm in my follicular phase, and then you can get a little bit more advanced and check into when you're ovulating, because not everyone notices that to the same extent. Um, So start there. And then I often start with just your regular nutrition. You don't have to get fancy with your nutrition right off the hop but your hormones are your body's chemical messengers. So they're actually downstream. As we say, we say, don't shoot the messenger. If you're not taking care of things upstream, your hormones absolutely do not have a chance, right? Um, So you need to be eating half your plate vegetables at each meal of the day. You need to be nourishing yourself with protein. A lot of women are under eating massively on their protein, especially after pregnancy or if they've been breastfeeding, they're just just not taking care of themselves the same extent, because we prioritize another living being for a while. Um, And then eating enough healthy fats, healthy fats are what make our hormones. So we need good healthy fats in our diet. So start there. And then you can start to get fancy with it by prioritizing those different foods that we spoke about. I find most of us when we're looking at what we make for our families, we are not going to make the same thing week after week, because we're all going to hate it. Um, but it's fun to have like a meal plan. And I talk about this with the women I work with, we have a meal plan for our, um, for our menstrual phase and then a different one for our luteal or sorry, for a follicular than our ovulatory than our luteal. It helps bring some variety into our meals while supporting our hormones. Um, and kind of, once you've worked on nutrition, you can add in the things like the exercise and the self-care, um, cause it's a lot of tuning into what you're feeling at that moment um, and integrating that.
0: Exactly. I love that. You're saying that we can start small and we Mm -hmm. can build on it, creating these habits that then become more second nature. And we're just, you know, adding it to our grocery Mm -hmm. list uh, on a weekly basis, because that's Mm -hmm. something that we're doing every week anyway. Right. So we're kind of understanding what phase we're in, what might be, you know, more nourishing for us, understanding what our family might like, what might be best for us. Mm -hmm. And then we can kind of work it in one step at a time. Now you do have some programs for those of, for the listener who's not in Northern Ontario. I mean, yes. sorry, you can't come hiking with <laughs> us, but there are some programs that you offer on an online basis. So can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about maybe some of those, something that might be helpful for the listener, um, and, and going through this and, and maybe mapping it out a little bit easier? For sure.
1: Yeah. So first of all, in terms of like, uh, the baseline support. I always have my Instagram account going. Um, that was just something that I found was an extension. I can't help, but talk about these kinds of things. Um, and so that's kind of where a lot of people hang out, um, in terms of just kind of free info, little tidbits or tidbits over the course of the day. Um, and then, um, I work with, uh, new mom or moms, um, in my new program called the mom reset system. Um, what I found in my practice, um, and then all, as well as through my Instagram account, the number one thing people are struggling with is their hormones after baby. Um, and a lot of us have come to accept this as normal. Um, Society confirms it for us, our friends, our moms, our doctors, sometimes everyone's confirming for us that we're kind of meant to feel crappier after babies, our hormones are messed up, we we don't have kind of that that normalcy that we used to have. Um, And so in that program, I work with moms um, to help reset their hormones to improve their energy um, and uh, kind of get them feeling back on track. And we use some of these principles um, to to help to honor what our hormones need um, and to kind of uh, prioritize ourselves again after having kids.
0: Oh, good. I love, I love your, your sort of tagline that you use that being a mother Mm -hmm. is not a diagnosis. And I think that's so true. It rings true for all of us. And you know, this is, it was a big realization after I had my second. And so after I had My third, I was like, now I know you know what happens, what had happened to my body, Mm -hmm. having two children, you know, relatively close together. And then there was a bigger break. So I'm like, now I've I've learned these lessons, Mm -hmm. but how amazing would it have been to know right away and to to be able to do that reset and have that support from someone like yourself who really knows and understands what Mm -hmm. the female body is going through after childbirth. And in those years, because and, and you're going to have to give me the, the correct length of time, but that postpartum phase lasts a couple of years, does mm-hmm.
1: it not? It does. We don't have definitive research on how long it lasts, but it does take at least two years for our nutrient status, independent of any like assistance to kind of go back to the way it was our hormones depends on if we breastfed or if we formula fed what happens with our hormones during those phases and I used to say it was two years worth of um, brain changes like our brain literally remodels during the postpartum and perinatal period but they actually um, recently I think it was in 2021 the researchers who looked at the brain changes where we used to say it happened over two years they restudied the same women and they're seeing it occur at least six years after childbirth. And some further research is looking at the same brain changes in women who were menopausal. So it's likely that once we're postpartum, we are postpartum forever, we have quite literally changed um, from our pre baby selves into this mother version of ourselves. And it's reflected in our actual physiology. Uh, But that's not to mean that we should feel like crap for the remaining years. Um, When I first started practicing, I was working predominantly with perimenopausal and menopausal patients. And a lot of them were coming in to see me for issues that stemmed from right after they had their babies. And their babies were now, you know, 25, 30, 35 years of age, and they still hadn't had help for them, because they'd really aligned with this idea that motherhood was a diagnosis for them. I was a mom. So of course, I had insomnia or anxiety or heavy periods. Um, And by their 50s and their 60s, they were finally ready to say, you know what, it's not about motherhood, something was going on. Um, And I was able to help them. um, But I really always felt bad that They'd suffered for 30 plus years before getting assistance. So that's when I chose to start working. I work still with my menopausal patients, but I really wanted to hone in on this time so that people weren't suffering for years, assuming it was motherhood that caused what they were going through.
0: Yes. So the key takeaway here is that you don't have to Mm -hmm. wait and you shouldn't wait because there are resources, there's supports, and there's, there's specific tools and things that you can be doing. To help yourself and to regain Definitely. that 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 energy and 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 feel good again, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that we had this conversation, Dan, Dr. Danielle. A final question I like to ask guests is learning about their ongoing journey with self-care and, you know, just understanding that, you know, you wear so many hats, you have, you're a naturopathic doctor, you are a creator, a partner, a mom, so much more hiker, right? <laughs> the job <laughs> is certainly real. How do you consciously choose authentic self-care practices for yourself to help you manage everything that's on your plate? So just yeah. to close, I'd love to hear about maybe one thing that you are doing, and then something that you've removed, something that you're choosing, actively choosing not to do to feel that better balance in your life.
1: Something I have consistently done is really honor my nutrition. I know that I do not perform at my best when I am not taking care of my body. Um, So my kind of reframe for myself, I think previously, you know, it used to, pre kids, it used to be like, Oh, it'll be a treat to have pizza tonight, or it'll be a treat to have like some fast food or candy or whatever it was. And I really reframe that in my mind as I am choosing my nutrition, because it's a treat that I get to feel good. I want to feel like my best self when I'm with my patients, I want my my brain to work at its best um, when I'm on a complex case. And then I want to be the most calm version and uh engaged version when i'm with my little ones um so that nutrition has been how like how i am getting through everything if i take care of myself i'm able to perform for all of these different things in my life so that's a that's a non-negotiable self-care practice for myself um and one thing i've taken off is uh, definitely trying to say no to more things um so in the 2020, 2021 kind of years. Um, I just had a baby. Um, I was running my virtual practice at the time and I was on podcasts, at least monthly, I was all over my social media and stuff like that. And I consciously had to scale back for a bit. And kind of now that I'm feeling more well, I'm able to come back and do things like this, which I love. Um, And my social media, I don't feel like I have to post every day. Um, I'm not chasing a viral reel or something like that. I'm just working with the community that I've built. um, And kind of Being more authentic in myself as opposed to production oriented. Um, And that's really helped um, my self-care be possible um, so that I can show up for um, what truly matters in life.
0: This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love both of these areas there. I use five pillars of well being, mm-hmm. and I love how you're choosing and you're consciously really um, allowing yourself to feel good. So, Dr. Mm-hmm. Danielle, thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you're feeling well uh, and mm-hmm. that you have the energy and the ability to have this conversation with us today. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Am I the only one who took tons of notes? I'm really proud of my notes. I've been talking about them a lot, but I got so much from this conversation. I hope that you did too. Dr. Danielle shared so much great information and really explained things in such an easy and insightful way. All of these tips and all of this information is so helpful. So you might want to have another listen and take down some notes that you think would be really helpful in implementing in your daily life so that you can live more cyclical. Now, if you found a lot of value from this, you might wanna check out Dr. Danielle further. I've included some links in the notes for this podcast episode, so you can definitely get in touch and look into some of the programs that might be beneficial for you. And if you did learn something, and if you found value from this conversation, I would really appreciate it if you could rate this episode, write me a short and sweet review in Apple Podcasts, and share it with a friend, someone who could really benefit from looking at her phases and understanding that living cyclically could be really, really beneficial. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you so much. And I'm so grateful for you until the next episode of the juggle is real. Take good care.